You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Fritz, Mike, and Tina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. This is session 247. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? Thursday night. Thursday night. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> In case you're wondering why she's laughing, I can't ever remember the session number. <laughs> Maybe I ought to give up the reins. Somebody else can remember what Oh, no. It's way too much fun yeah, to really. correct you. <laughs> I mean, but he wasn't even close. No, he was. I was twenty off. He he transposes numbers, so this is his creative uh, musical side. That's I would true. Say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's Thursday night. We're here. That we are. What's going on over there, Mikey? Well, um, living the living the dream. Um. One day last week, I was at work doing what I usually do, and all of a sudden, I'm standing there and doing, concentrating what I'm doing. All of a sudden, I hear a voice from behind me say, I wonder if someone knows a good thing about a podcast. I look, I just kind of looked over my shoulder, didn't take a clean look, and I went back to what I was doing, and then I heard another voice, and I looked, and there it is, Fritz standing right there, him and Tina. <laughs> It's funny, though, you didn't even notice Tina. No, because I said, like I said, all I did was just a quick look over my shoulder. So what the heck was that all about? (laughs) I was surprised you didn't recognize him right off the bat. I don't know how many six foot five. uh... Well, he had his back to me. Like I said, it was still just a quick look over my shoulder because I didn't want to completely turn around. (laughs) Uh, Pretty funny. (laughs) That we, it was. We thought we'd surprise you. Right there in oh, the you did. Aisle. It made my day. Like I, mm-hmm. Absolutely. We were in the neighborhood. Right-o. Sushi. <laughs> Sushi neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> Sushi storm. Love that place. Oh, it's a good place. Yeah, it is. Well, what's going on over there, babe? I also am living the dream. And uh... <laughs> It's my turn to laugh. <laughs> Oh, you know, (laughs) I'm having a good time. I'm just not taking anything too seriously these days. I'm just, yeah, I feel like 
my whole world has been turned upside down and and it's been upside down for a while now so all the blood is starting to rush (laughs) Uh and so things that used to be important aren't quite so important anymore i i see things changing so it's interesting i'm very mellow these days you don't have the stress of work yeah i don't you don't have the stress of driving back and forth yeah i don't (laughs) and my my youngest is doing this he doesn't really have a job job but it's kind of like a an internship almost um so he's kind of getting getting to learn some ropes and getting some good advice and some good structure and stuff so that's keeping him occupied and busy so i don't even have him to pick on (laughs) just me and the dog man you and oliver (laughs) good old ollie yes ollie keeps me on my toes well fantastic we have any any likes dislikes countries (laughs) (laughs) um yeah problems concerns (laughs) we have a facebook like yeah um from wendell portillo so thank you wendell thank you wendell thank you wendell we love it when everybody or people like us on Facebook. We do. And if I didn't say your name correctly, forgive me. It might be Port- Portillo or it might be Portillo. Could be. Yeah. So just, um, I always don't really have the the um, strength on the right part of the syllable sometimes. <laughs> Some names are hard to pronounce. Right. Well, anyway, uh, anybody else out there that have not liked us yet on Facebook, please do so. We'd love to uh, welcome you to the GSR family. Yes, we would. And that's the first place that you get the news and the podcasts and everything. Prayer requests. Everything GSR. Plus, you get just some uplifting messages also that uh, Mike posts. Yeah, so people seem to really sure. enjoy those things. Mm-hmm. That one was on my heart this week, that's for sure. Well, fantastic. Well, this week, we have uh, half the guests that we were supposed to have. (laughs) We we have uh, Mr. Mike Lohman, FUMC worship leader extraordinaire with us tonight. And we were supposed to have Bo Duke, who is also a worship leader at FUMC here in Claremont. And they going to talk about the evolution of christian music and i thought wow how cool is that it would have been a trip down memory lane but we only have one of them here we only have juan (laughs) mike i didn't know you changed your name (laughs) i didn't either (laughs) well welcome to the show it's great to have you. you here you know the uh the last time i was here was the day before disney closed Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So how different is it now as from the last time I was here? Yeah. It is so different. It really, really looks different. Completely. Yeah. Yeah, Completely different. Wow. But uh, yeah, Bo, we miss you. But uh, we'll uh, we'll chat about music and and how uh, music uh, started with uh, Kumbaya and ended up with uh, Young and Free. Yeah, educate us, Mike. Yeah, we'll just have a little fun with it and kick it around. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Everybody loves music. Everybody, Everybody loves music. does. Yeah, it's yeah. the international language. It really yes, is. It is. Oliver likes to sing. 
<laughs> that he does. So I did a little bit of research about um, where it kind of started. And uh, it says that the social and the cultural upheavals from the 1960s that was going on during that time, um, the uh, all the people that were going, because at that time, a lot of people went to Catholic Church. And it was, you know, every, I mean, I went there, everybody I knew went there. And they realized at that time that they were losing young people by the millions. Because back then they just sang hymns, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus it wasn't even in English. Because oh, I remember okay. it was Latin. everything was in Latin. And so you didn't really know what you were saying. And mm-hmm. you didn't really know what you were saying. I mean, it was beautiful hymns and music. Mm-hmm. But most of it was in Latin that I remember as a kid. Mm-hmm. In the Catholic Church. In yes. the Catholic Church. Right. Yes. Yeah. And uh, there was, you know, quite a few Protestant churches where I grew up in upstate New York, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, according to my uh, uh, reading and trying to dig into that to find out where it started and what started, they called that um, they started guitar masses. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. just one guy on a guitar, kind of. So I guess that's what it was, is they, they put the organ away, and they took one guy out with a guitar, and, and they actually called that guitar masses. And, I could uh, so see that, especially for the 70s, you know, 60s and 70s. Yeah. Like, everything was kind of folk songy and that kind of a vibe, and that's, right? And that's what they said it was, too. They said it was very folk songs. Uh, the, they, they mentioned this song. Um, we are one in the spirit in 1966. It quickly caught on along with uh, all different denominations started actually doing that song. And uh, songs like Kumbaya, uh, mm-hmm. Do Lord, uh, Michael Rowed the Boat Ashore, uh, We Are One in the Spirit. So those are very, very old songs. Yeah. But, but that actually got the ball rolling a little bit. For uh, what is a huge industry now? I mean, it's mm-hmm. a huge industry, and um, a lot of people. Uh, I mean, they work on that every day, just trying to get their feeling in their heart down on a piece of paper. Because music is like it's the best language, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I remember singing those songs in the seventies oh, as do a too. kid. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I remember hearing. It only them in takes church. a spark to get a fire going. Absolutely. I, I remember when Don Francisco came out with He's Alive and we did the first acoustic guitar version of that. That was that was rocking out at the end. Yeah. Well, they talked about the the hippie movement. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the hippie sure. movement was in the sixties. And they said that a lot of people in the hippie movement became part of the Jesus movement mm-hmm. because they were looking for something to connect to, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And the hippies were all about love. Mm-hmm. And so then they they connected that because God is all about love. Right. And so what better, what better way to love somebody is to, to love God at the same time. So I just read on in, uh, they, they uh, just creeped it in a, a little bit here and a little bit there, but it was still very folky, mm-hmm. you know, with just a guy and a guitar and, and, um, I was surprised doing a lot of reading that um, a lot of people that you didn't know about wrote a lot of God songs um, back in the early day. Arlo Guthrie um, and uh, Bob Dylan, 
you know, and they, they wrote songs about God way mm-hmm. back then. And, and it was that folk movement that they were doing. And uh, I just found that to be kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. I had no idea about that. Yeah, there was a lot of With secular Delbin. artists that uh, that did delve into Christian music because uh-huh. it was kind of the trend. Like like he said, mm-hmm. you know, love God. And I think that I think if people were uh, were feeling good and feeling blessed, that they wanted to profess that. And the best way to profess that would be to to write a song. And, you know, when you think about the world or rather America, what America was going through during that time frame, it was the Vietnam, Vietnam War, right? Right. So that was a big influence, too, I think. And there were a lot of protest songs that were written during that time. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about that when we were in rehearsal about what, what songs we could do at the end of the service war good god yeah <laughs> or, or uh, what is it good for yeah or, what's the one by uh, credence or uh, is it uh, uh the one that you always hear when the, the choppers oh the, yeah yeah the yeah the hueys fly in you know i know and and the, the band did a couple of songs like yeah. that and and there were some songs that were just written about, you know, we don't want to be in this war. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be in this war. Mm-hmm. And that was the same kind of um, theme of the music, this protest type music that they were also using. Um, and people were reaching out and, and looking for, for stuff to do and, and things to write about. And uh, so after we went through that, I think that's when that so-called guitar service started coming in and, and people started doing it, but it didn't get really serious. I think I wrote down this guy's name because it says uh, folk music and folk rock children of the day. And uh, that was way back in the sixties. And then they're talking about uh, born again, Christians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was that big movement. And that was around the 69, the 70, the 71. So mm-hmm. around Billy Graham's really heavy yeah. preaching time frame. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy and I wrote it down. I hope I can find it that wrote a song for, for his movie. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and that song went huge. And then he went huge and um, his name was Lonnie Frisbee. And he also worked with Pastor Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. California. California. Because they said, that, Mesa. Yeah. they said that the whole, the whole Jesus movement started in California in the 60s. Mm. That's where it started. Man, <laughs> boy, did they lose it. They quickly moved it out of there, yeah, didn't they? I guess they did. Wow. <laughs> but I'm sure all of you heard of uh, Bill Kagey. I don't know Phil, who that Phil, is. No, Phil Kegge has written a lot of songs back in the, the early times. He used to tour with a band called The Second Chapter of Acts. Really? And I saw him in concert many times, and they did The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'll never forget that that album. Oh. And they did a, like a double live album. Wow. They used to have it. But Phil Keggy, unbelievable. I mean, just a master of his craft. And somebody had asked Eric Clapton, you know, who do you, you're the greatest guitar player in the world. He goes, oh, no, I'm not. Ask Phil Keggy. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah. He, amazing yeah, guitar true player. True statement. Um, but there's an, an uh, another songwriter, Ralph Carmichael. 
he published a few pop style, not rock songs that were accepted even in some conservative circles. Uh, but the big song, his best known song that was uh, in the first Billy Graham movie was He's Everything to Me. Oh, okay. That, that was the song. Actually, it wasn't a organ or a piano song. It was a, a guitar pop song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that really started launching it right there. Hmm. And I have this old Elvis Presley gospel album as well. Yes, you do. Uh-huh. With the is- Imperials. Oh, gosh. Is that who is with? From California. Wow. The Imperials. Yep. Wow. And then later, he um, was joined by J.D. Sumpner uh-huh. and the Stamps. Oh, yeah. J.D. Sumpner and the Stamps. And the Stamps. <laughs> wonderful people. Just wonderful people. Do you know that's like my favorite album, like Elvis Presley album, is that gospel? That gospel he did that for his mom, music. he said. He did? Yeah, when they interviewed him. That's what he said. He yeah, said, the Imperials were kind of a latter Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Before there was Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Yeah. But, and the Imperials actually were quite progressive uh, for that era. You know, they were pop. Well, that was actually called Southern Gospel. Um, that was the difference between. Oh, yeah, that's right. It had a Southern Gospel feel to it. The Elvis stuff did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Imperials and J.D. Sumner and the Stamps. Um, and again, it's a lot of old hymns that he's singing, you know. Right. Well, y'all remember the song Eva Destruction. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That that was Barry McGuire. And then the Imperials, they they were uh Southern Gospel. And then um the Queen of Christian Pop. Do you know who the Queen of Christian Pop is? Uh, and she's still she's, Is it Amy Grant? It is Amy Grant. Yeah. And she is still valid today. She is. And yeah. she has she actually has a new record. She's super relevant. Super relevant. She yeah. absolutely is. But oh. the uh, the the rock and roll from the fifties it, it, it moved into the the Jesus people, and Larry Norman had was in California, yep. and he was with this band called People, and um, and they tried to do it. They did a song uh, that the Zombies wrote called "I Love You." I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. they did a remake of okay. it, and they had a much bigger hit with it than the Zombies. I don't know why. The Zombies, are they a metal band? They are heavy rock. Okay, they yeah, are. they were like Rolling Stones. Okay. Yeah, they were heavy rock. But then um, then it really started broadening out. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try not to go real fast, but when Michael W. came in. Oh, right. The game changed. Game right. changer. Okay. What year was that? Well, was he was he was playing with Higher Ground, a band called Higher Ground, in 1981, and he's from West Virginia. Michael right. W. is, right. and he he cut loose and uh, played with Amy Grant, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the tour with Amy Grant, he wrote some songs with her, and then at the end of the tour in 1982, he kind of went out on his own with Michael W. Smith Project. Mm-hmm. And he's still got that band. They're still still out there. I toured dog. with the bass player from Higher Ground, Marshall Marshall Combs. Really? Yep. What a voice. I'll bet. I'll bet. What a voice. Amazing. So oh. then it, it got, uh, Striper came in in 83. So you know what happened then. <laughs> <laughs> A resurrection band. Yeah. Striper really, uh, I mean, they were, I was like, wow, I can't believe these guys are actually playing you know, Christian yeah. music. Because they're, 
they're like on the heavy metal side again. It right? had a very sharp edge to yeah. it. Yeah, but it was hard to hear the words because it was. They were screaming it. Yeah, they were screaming. You it. could yeah. hear "To Hell with the Devil." That was. <laughs> I, I remember that one. Yellow, yellow and black attack. Yep. And uh, the guys, a couple of the guys from Striper came out of this band called Rocks Regime. Is that where Michael Sweet came? I think Michael Sweet came out of that band. I'm not. I'm not positive, but I think he was one of the founders. That's a good dude. That. He's still doing amazing stuff today. He's toured with a lot of secular acts too. He's amazing voice. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, when when Michael wrote that song, uh, "Place in This World," he became uh, world known mm-hmm. because that song was just went huge because it could be played on the radio, you know, um, and. Uh, but the uh, love will find a way. Mm-hmm. You remember yeah. the love oh, will yeah. find a way. That was another one that played both. It played on the radio and it played in the churches. Mm-hmm. So he crossed over and he was going in both directions mm-hmm. and he was very, very strong. And, and about uh, what year was that, Mike? That was uh, when we were just getting into the, the late eighties. Okay. Very late eighties. And uh, I think Michael W. owned the, owned the eighties. Oh, in the late 80s. He did. In the Christian music realm, anyway. He did. and um, But on that other hand, like I said, you, you still had Striper and Petra. Let's not forget Petra. Yep. Allies. What about yeah. the, um, the the rap um, singers like Toby Mac and things like that? Do you happen to know about what year they started coming I in? I do. I, I had written it down. Because um, Toby Mac's been around Toby for a Mac long time. Was, he was with a band called DC Talk. DC Talk, DC Talk right. Yeah, yep. and they were a trio. And uh, they wrote and did their stuff. And that was in 2000. Okay. And uh, I really like Toby Mac. I do oh, too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Because he, he just, he says, how far can I push this? Yeah. You know, because I want to reach more people. He's just crazy, stupid, talented. Yeah. And on the greatest music list, he's number eight. Yeah. Of, of wow. the greatest writers. Wow. So he's right up in the top 10. Uh, the number one is actually Mercy Me. Is it really? It really mm-hmm. is. Wow. Burt Millard, 1994. And of course, uh, I can only imagine it's still requested all the time. Right. I, I have people walk up and say, can you play that song? Right. So yeah. They, they still like that song. And but, it's played at a, just about every funeral you mm-hmm, go to. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Every One of those quintessential show. Christian it, it really, songs. Yeah, it really is. And also during that time was when uh, Stephen uh, Curtis Chapman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a kind of a country rock singer. He came on in like around 87, which is the same time. Uh-huh. But uh, that dude did 25 albums. Wow. Got five Grammys and 59 Dove Awards. Wow. And I had no idea he'd written that many tunes. Wow. So he had influenced people like John Mark McMillan. Uh, uh, in uh, some of the other, uh, uh, whom Chris Tomlin, uh-huh. um, the uh, uh, casting crowns, yeah. they had gotten that that same kind of movement in in chord changes mm-hmm. um, that that uh, Stephen Curtin Chapman had written way back 20 years ago and now 40 years ago, you know. Yeah, he was way ahead of his time. He really was. He really was. These, the years that you're stating here, I'm just, you know, I mean, God didn't find me only, but, uh, you know, back in like 2006, but I just didn't know that these 
you know, Mercy Me and yeah, you Toby remember Mac saddle were, up your horses, don't were, you? Were around that long ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Chris Tomlin came in in '92, and he was with a band called Breakaway, and then he went on his own, and and he hooked up with uh, Louis Giglio, and they founded Passion Conference. Wow. And that was in 1997. Mm-hmm. And that kind of changed the world. It sure I, did. I remember my daughter going to one in Daytona Beach. and She was different when she came home. She really was. Mm-hmm. It had, you know, definitely moved her. So mm-hmm. I would love to go to one of those and see these guys. Take some time off and go to one of those conferences. Oh, yeah. Johnny B was talking about Fishnet and some of the other, you know, they used to have Jesus conferences and Fishnet was a big one. Right. And I've brought back a lot of memories when he started naming off those bands because I've been to Fishnet. Yeah. So we've got others like Kirk Franklin and stuff too. Or is he around that? He is in there. And that guy has got 15 Grammys. He's amazing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He's also in the category of crazy, stupid, talented, like just out of every pore. <laughs> well, the, the, according to the internet, he is the king of urban contemporary gospel. Wow. Wow. Pretty good title, huh? Mm-hmm. I would say the king. Yeah. And he's got a brand new song out right now that one of my singers sent me mm-hmm. and said, you got to hear this song. got to hear this song. And it, it is so good, but I don't think we could play it. <laughs> I really don't. The guys in, in his, his band are so good uh-huh. and you'd, you'd have to you'd have to actually hear it yeah <laughs> yeah we're all white yeah <laughs> but but then you get up into uh now now we're getting fresher and you're getting up into 10th avenue north uh-huh mm-hmm. so this is 2000 around and, yeah 2000. we're coming in 2000 uh jesus culture now mm-hmm. they're on the scene mm-hmm. and uh i'll never forget the first time i heard kim's voice i'm like oh man yeah, yeah right what something is else this mm-hmm. yeah. and i remember seeing this video she had this red and white striped dress on and she was just singing and then uh she started to to laugh this this weird kind of laugh and uh, that's part of her connection to god is that little giggle that she does you uh-huh. know? yeah and uh, i can't remember exactly what they they said it was um but then um as i read on i'm, I'm looking at uh, third day Mm-hmm. Number three, 10th Avenue North, number seven, Casting Crowns, number six. And then it, uh, Switchfoot was in there at number 14, mm-hmm. Need to Breathe, mm-hmm. a lot of big bands like that. And then Lecrae came in and boom. It oh, changed. I loved Lecrae. Game changer once again. <laughs> yep. Once again, a giant, giant game changer. Yeah. And uh, and I think it was, uh, he was like, hey, you know what? Rap. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I can put this two things together mm-hmm. and, and honor God with the way that I do business. Mm-hmm. And um, I was out at uh, at Disney. I had the whole band with me. I, I made sure that everybody came. And uh, Is this for Night of Joy? This was for Night of Joy. Uh-huh. And Chris Tomlin opened the show. Yeah. And a couple other bands played. I don't remember. But Luke, I mean, when Lecrae came on. Yeah. And um, everybody lost it, I'm sure. Those subwoofers came on. I had to back up about a mile. (laughs) (laughs) I could barely breathe when he came on because it it was so big. It was big. But the place went 
absolutely crazy yeah. for him. He, he had thousands of people just jumping up and down. Yeah. And it was great because all the young people, you know. Yeah, they were connecting. They were absolutely connecting. Mm-hmm. And the, the great writers today that we have that are that are doing such a good job that uh, I just think need to be mentioned are Jeremy Camp. Oh, yeah, my oh, yeah. favorite. I love him. He's my favorite. <laughs> he writes such good stuff. And now he has taken um, a lot of hymns yeah. and redone them. And Pastor asks about that a lot. He says, so can we, you know, do some of the hymns? Because he really likes the hymns. Yeah. He does. But he likes the way that, uh, that that people redo them. Yeah. So um, it it's just a, f- a fresh way of doing it. And uh, some of my favorites are uh, Carrie Job. Okay. And I've, I, I, I've heard some of her stuff. She's really good. Yeah. I saw her over at Universal Studios uh-huh. and people didn't know who she was. So I was in the front row. I was, uh. I was the same way. I had never heard of her before. And I stumbled across her by accident by watching YouTube videos. Yeah. And then her, her voice came up and her songs came out. And I'm like, this lady has a beautiful voice. She did that song about two years ago, uh, Forever, an Easter song. Uh-huh. And it really put her on the charts. And um, I remember seeing her do it there. And she was actually pregnant at the time. And her husband is one of the guitar players in, in the band that they have. Uh-huh. And so I think she she took a little time off and just stepped back. But now they just released uh, Blessed, uh-huh. which is going to be huge. It's I mean, it's everywhere. I get emails and phone calls all the time to do it. So we're actually doing it a week from Sunday. We're going to do it for the first time. Blessed. Oh, great. And um, Laura Story's in there. Mm-hmm. Of course. And uh, Lincoln Brewster. Lincoln Brewster. Yeah. And he is such a great guitar player. His stuff is is hard to play because it's so well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to really have somebody doing there. Matt Redman, mm-hmm. great musician. Uh, Building 429. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're kind of a, a different kind of group. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's another group out of Texas. And, and I was trying to think of the name of them when I was coming over here. And I can't think. I should have wrote it down. But also, uh, Francesca Battistella. Oh, yes. So, I remember. I remember when she was a teenager opening up for Amy Grant. Yeah. I remember when she was yep. a teenager, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just amazing because she actually came live to real life. Um, I got to see her there along with um, Bebo Norman. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was, you know, way back in the day. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. she's superstar now. She is but, a superstar now. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, Back when she was very small. (laughs) So a story about her. um, I did a lot of uh, recording. I was in the the house recording band at a studio um, up in Lake Mary. Mm -hmm. And it was called the Upper Room of all places. It's called the Upper Room. And it was a really nice studio. Um, Tim, uh, it was a uh, professional photographer, Tim Kelly photos Mm -hmm. but his passion is he's a great guitar player great singer sounds like paul mccartney Mm -hmm. and um he was doing really well with the photography i mean you know international well and put the studio together so that people could record and i did i don't know 12 or 13 different cds up there for different people with the same band of guys Mm -hmm. so we got really good at taking a piece of paper that this guy wrote and, and, and actually making a song out of it and working with these people. And it was a lot of fun. It really was. So I went into the studio one day. Francesca was there with her dad. And, and I met her, and she was about 15, I think. 
and uh, and Tim said, "Hey, she's going to do a demo, and she needs just a little piano backup on her demo." So just uh, go along and play along with her. Here's her song. You got to play with Francesca Battistelli? I did. And she was what? so sweet. She really was. <laughs> and um, and so I, and I said, what's this for? And she says, well, I'm sending a demo to Nashville. Um, and I'm going to try to get a record deal at this Christian yeah. label. And um, about three months later, uh, she got her deal. That's awesome. And so she posted on her Facebook. Uh, she thanked me for helping her out mm-hmm. on the demo. And uh, she was at uh, Universal Studios twice, and I tried to get in. And if you, she was at if uh, you weren't Disney there too, at yeah, Night of Joy. If you weren't there an hour before she started playing, you were not getting in, right? I mean, yeah, because they had her in one of the smaller places, mm-hmm. where they should have had her in one of the bigger places. So I haven't seen her since then. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm on Facebook with her, and I say hi to her once in a while. I don't know if she ever remembers who I am or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was very nice, and it was a special moment for me to just yeah, you know, be at the right place at the right time. I thought, right. oh, cool. that's cool, man. That's yeah. very cool. That is cool. What about what's the the band from uh, Australia? Hillsong, yeah, Hillsong. Is there, well, they now there's there's three Hillsongs. Right, right. Yeah, it it started with with Hillsong with uh, uh, Sheck, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she changed the world with that band because they were playing the exact same music that was on the radio. Whatever was playing on the radio, they were playing the same music, but it was with uh, right. spiritual lyrics, right? Right spiritual out of the lyrics, yeah. Right out of the Bible, yeah. So then. Um, even though they, they were current, um, I think Australia is more progressive than we think it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the younger people said, man, that's that's kind of soft. And, you know, we want something that's got a little more oomph to it. So then they started. Um, what, what What's the, the, the second one that came out? Uh, Hillsong, Hillsong United, United. United. Yeah. Right. Hillsong United. So it, they were younger people, yeah, and uh, they were a little bit edgier, yeah. And um, they started using smoke machines and started using lasers, and they they put on a concert, mm-hmm. an incredible concert. And I went to see them at uh, at First Baptist once, and I was just I could not believe how good they were. I would say they're the ones who made it an experience. They really point. did. I mean yeah. the whole room disappeared. Yeah. They? It was amazing. I was just amazed. I've been a musician my whole life. I've seen tons and tons of concerts. Mm-hmm. But that concert just stands out as as one of the best shows I've ever seen. And I had no idea the caliber musicians that were mm-hmm. in that band. Was it United that did the uh Jerusalem tour? I believe it was. The, they filmed the tunes yeah, all I've, around Jerusalem. Man, <laughs> easy for Jerusalem. you to say. <laughs> I believe it was. I believe it was. Yeah. And they had a rain for a long time. And uh, and then, now I don't know if it was uh, their children, but they were the youth band. Mm-hmm. And the youth band said, "Hey, we want to crack at this. We want to, we want to put some music out there for the youth kids that are fifteen, sixteen. You know." Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody sent me, I can't remember who sent me the song, but somebody sent me a song. And I said, well, I need to listen to this record. So I, I went online and I listened to this record. And I thought, you know, this is, it's overproduced. It's just overproduced. And, 
And I played it for my daughter who was 15 or 16 at the time. And she loved it. Mm-hmm. She loved it. So um, I didn't really pay attention to it for months. And then um, I don't know if I had the radio on, you know, on 88. And they started playing these songs again. And I heard them again. I went back in my studio and I listened to them again. And I said, you know what they're doing? They're playing the exact music that's on the radio mm-hmm. and changing the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And it's an overproduced sound because that's what, you know, Usher. Yep, of the age, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all the bands that were that were making it huge up there, that's the sound that they were. And they had the exact same sound. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I thought this is something that we need to do because this is progressive. And this is what the young people are actually going to want. And when you see those concerts and they're just so involved. So who was the band? It was Young and Free. Young yep. and Free. Hillsong Young and Hillsong, Free. Hillsong Young and Free. Okay. And they started a whole nother where people said, okay, there's no rules now. You can do whatever you <laughs> Yeah, gloves you, were off then. The gloves were off. You could, you can, I mean, if you want to have crazy synthesizers going and drum machines and four or five different people. Yeah. And, and, and then they started switching up with people singing, uh, a male singing and then a female singing, and then them singing together and doing the split octaves like a lot of people did on pop music. Right. And so my whole attitude kind of changed yeah. because I had to say, this is how they're reaching them. Right. Let's give them the music they're already listening to. Right. And just change the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're already listening to it. Right. So what year is that that you've got us at there? So r- right now we are like in the 2000s. Okay, still in the 2000s. Yeah, and we're, we're coming up. And Young and Free came out probably 2010. Yeah, 10, probably. Okay, so we're, we're 10 years apart from present day right now. Yeah, and they're still, they're on top of it. But the people that are on top of it right now are Young and Free, uh, 10th Avenue, Jesus Culture, Switchfoot. They're still all on top of Jeremy Camp, Francesca. She's got new stuff out, uh, Laura Story, and... Um, Lauren Daigle. Yes, I yeah. love her. Oh. Lauren Daigle is from New Orleans. She's very young. She yes. And um, I went to see her at Epcot. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't know what to expect from her. And um, she had uh, her regular band. She had five singers and five horn players. Uh-huh. And she She's was amazing. She's a beautiful singer. Yeah, she was amazing. And um, I like Torin Wells, too. Have you heard him? Yes. His music. Yes. Very fresh sound. I love it. And uh, who's that gal from Bethel? Mm. Bethel. You listen to much. Uh, uh, Bethel is huge. They really yeah, are. They really are. Mac Brock is from there. Right. Mac Brock has written um, for me the last two years. He has written some of my favorite songs in the last two or three years. Now, did he go from there to Elevation? Wasn't Mac at uh, at Elevation? Yeah, I believe for a time. And yeah, then, he was. That's when he was writing the hits. When he was at Elevation, yeah, he was writing the hit songs. And now he left Elevation, and I'm not really sure where he is right now. But he is still writing songs because he just came out with another song, and um, I, I believe he's got uh, uh, Kim Walker singing on that. Oh wow, that new song with him. Ooh, I can't wait Jesus, to hear that. Jesus Culture, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, Chris Kalala is also in Jesus Culture, and he's written a bunch of hits that we also play at our yeah, church. that's a talented dude right there. And um, I, I really feel good because 
people will come to the church for the first time and um, they will say, wow, this is a Methodist church and you're playing this kind of music. Mm-hmm. And, and pastor's very progressive also. And, and, uh, and he, you know, pretty much says, yeah, you guys can do, you know, what you want to do. There's a certain, um, what I'm going to bring this week in, in my message. Um, he'll let me know how he wants that to come out. And, and we'll talk about that in our meeting. Mm-hmm. And then we'll kind of plan the songs and read through what the songs are talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. And and he is familiar because uh, he he listens to the songs. I know he does because he, sure. he knows what the lyrics are. And um, if I'll, I will put a song in there and he'll say, well, you know, I don't, I don't really like what that song is talking about for my message this week. So could you put this song in? And he knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but um, I remember we went to, uh, we went to family Christian to do a uh, Friday night Christian concert over there. They mm-hmm. had five different bands over there. And um, I was really excited to go because melody had just come on. So it had been three or four years ago. And uh, we, we had a pretty good band. I was really proud of the band that we had. And we went over there and we played Young and Free, like mm-hmm. five in a row. And and then we took it down and we played uh, Breeze by Michael W. Smith, our version of it. Mm-hmm. And we did a, a couple more um, worship songs like that. And uh, uh, Lindsey Montgomery was in charge of the show over there. And he does a Sunday night thing over there, an urban gospel thing that is really, really cool. And he came. He came over to me after we did our, our sound check. We played three songs at our sound check. And he said, I thought you said you were at a Methodist church. <laughs> and I said, we are. He goes, they're letting you play that music, that music at a Methodist church. I said, they are. I said, and they really enjoy it. He goes, wow, I got to come over there and see you guys. Oh, nice. I know. It's such an anomaly when people say "Yeah, it's a Methodist church. It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know. It doesn't, but. That's wow. one of the beautiful things about that church. This is awesome. Well, when I first, I've been there for 17 years. Mm-hmm. And when I came in there, it was very blended. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't sure if they liked it or not at the time, the, the blended thing. And uh, they were all volunteers and they were good and they enjoyed what they did. And uh, But it wasn't really like a hitting band. And then when um, Angelo Bellisteri came in, we put together a um, a hitting band that hit pretty good. And he already had a record out and he knew what he was doing. And we were opening our, our Wesley Center. And um, so we were actually, you know, trying to, to get more people to join our church. And uh, so we started having like almost went from blended to like a concert over there. I mean, it might, some people would, would say it got a little out of hand because uh, it was very edgy. And uh, Angelo was always edgy, and he he liked the more heavier rock music, the striper stuff, you know, mm-hmm. Pentas and stuff like that. And um, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing with him. And uh, a lot of times, my band was so busy at the time that that I, I would not get home until very very late Saturday night, mm-hmm. and have to get up early and be in there with him rehearsing, mm-hmm. you know, early in the morning. And we were still in the uh, still in the sanctuary, which couldn't really take the volume we were producing. We were you know, playing pretty loud, but we were getting more full and more full and more full. And that's when we opened the Wesley Center. And that was Angela opening the Wesley Center. And for the last 10 years, I'd say we've been kind of this YouTube 
culture, YouTube culture. You're right. Yeah, I think and so too. Bands like Pentatonix have oh, yeah. leveraged that, um, and probably quite a few others too. Um, so, I mean, music has really evolved so much. I mean, I just feel like from talking to you, I've kind of walked from the music my mother listened to to the music I listened to growing up and becoming a young adult. And then the music my children have listened to, they're 10 years apart. So different sets of music, different generations of music. Right. All the way up to present day. It's really cool. Exactly. Well, the Christian music, it, it, if you talk to people that are directors or people that, that played in church for a long time, they'll tell you that most of the Christian songs were like four chords. It was like, Oh, yeah. It was a four chord song and it never changed. Once you started, you, you know, you'd play uh, what they call the Memphis chords is a, a one, one three five and a, a, yeah, a, a one four six five, and it would just loop around and you would you could play seven songs in a row and nothing ever changed because <laughs> it was that kind of blended feel at that time, and um, a, a lot of musicians that were uh, that that had a lot of skill didn't want to go in there and and play, you know, music that was kind of. It was all about the lyric. It was almost, you know, like the music wasn't important at all. Mm -hmm. And um, kind of like asking um, Leonardo da Vinci to do some finger painting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And people, they didn't want to play in church, you know, and I remember asking people, do you, you know, do you play in church? And no, man, I just, I, you know, I, I haven't found any place that I like like that. But then, you know, when the, uh, this new movement, when these new people came in, the, the Jesus culture, the third day, the casting crowns. And now we've got uh, Big Daddy Weave. We've got For King and Country. Mm -hmm. And they're constantly pushing mm -hmm. and constantly pushing and doing something new. Mm -hmm. And um, now a lot of people that I work with, professional musicians, love to go play at church mm -hmm. because they have challenging music. Mm -hmm. They have music they can, you know, that they really, they enjoy playing because it's, it's got some really high quality. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know which one of them are the ones that, that started. I know for me personally, it was, um, it was Mercy Me. Okay. They started doing a, a lot of things different. Uh, Toby Mac, because Toby Mac would play a groove that you never thought would ever work in a church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus culture just started with this, um, pulsing music, you know, ticka, 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 ticka. Mm -hmm. And she would sing over that. And that excited me that it was music. I had yeah. to actually sit down and learn. I couldn't just do it in my head. Mm -hmm. I had to sit down and learn this music. And when you're sitting down learning this music, you're reading these lyrics and you're listening to these lyrics and listen to her sing and, and see the passion of these people. And it, and it, and it just helps you. And I think that the, it, we've got an entire complete industry now, you know, I'd have to agree, Mike, because my excuse was always, yeah, when Christian music can get like secular music, I'll listen to it. It's exactly. very boring right now, but you don't have that excuse no. anymore because it doesn't matter what genre that you really like. There is a Christian artist out there that has mastered that genre and mm -hmm. you can find some good quality material. Some real good stuff. You bet. Even if it's heavy metal, you've got Decipher Down and Red and Striper and those guys and... uh so it, you're not limited to any any genre now. There's really no excuse. You can worship 
Well, one of the things I love about you guys being musicians, because my husband, Fritz, you're a musician and Mike, you're a musician, is that for you guys, you know, you have all this musical knowledge and history, knowledge of the history and just what it takes to get in there. But you guys are all about, um, and I'm going to borrow something that you said, Fritz, because I love it. You said you're all about ushering the Holy Spirit into the presence you know, mm. of people coming to service. And I love that. And I think, you know, God does want us to do our best and to perform at our best. And I love the fact that, um, that that's what you guys try to do, you know, and you try not to lose touch with the fact that it's about him and it's not about a performance, right? you know, that exactly. it's, it's right. really about a worship experience and bringing his holy um, spirit into that room because so people can worship because a lot of people get focused on the things that they shouldn't get focused on. And I love the fact that you guys are about, about it on a higher level. You know, you really want to help people have that experience mm. of what it's like to just be in pure worship with the Lord. Well, one thing I like to uh, just to add to that is working with Mike and Bo. And I've always loved this from day one because I started as the drummer in the church before I actually started working there. I played a couple of years, but I've actually seen Mike stand up off the keyboard and go, do not play the record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you know sometimes the devil's in the details and you get some musicians that come in there so mentally exhausted trying to nail it mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they're not free to worship exactly and mike and Bo give us the musicians that freedom to worship and i love that yes. i love that and i think that comes out i think that comes out every sunday and mm-hmm. online and that you can tell yeah, they're they're having fun up there. I mean, that's allowed. It's it's important, I think, because it creates an atmosphere. You bet. You know, because well, if yeah. you're if you're if you're too linear with everything and too focused on those details, like you said, you're not giving yourself the room to experience the power of what the music can help exactly. you get to. Mm-hmm. You know? If you're on the second verse, you're worrying about this little guitar tick that's coming up right after the verse before it goes to the chorus and your whole thought process is I got to make sure I play this part right. And then you're so focused on the performance of those notes right there. Mm -hmm. That is going to take away from the enjoyment that you're going to have of playing the song. Mm -hmm. And so I just try to tell the guys, um, as long as you have the feel in your heart that you're, Mm -hmm. you're praying. Mm-hmm. this is your language of prayer. Right. You know, you push those notes and that's your language. It's a love song to the Lord. It absolutely is. And, <coughs> and God knows, you know, that, that you're playing these notes to him mm-hmm. and you're playing those notes for him. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I just try to remind myself whenever I go up to a keyboard, every note for Jesus, mm-hmm. because this was just given to me. I mean, I didn't go to school like a lot of people that are yeah. at church with me. They actually have, you know, more education in music. I might have more experience, but they have more education, more theory. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but this is truly my gift because I just sat down and started playing and I've been playing ever since. Mm-hmm. And I, I just evolved over the years to just keep trying to get better at this craft. Mm-hmm. But where I am right now, I, I didn't know, you know, in the 80s, you know, when I was just playing in a band and being bad all the time and doing all the wrong things and hanging at all the wrong places. I had no idea that this is where I was going to end uh-huh. up. Lord mm-hmm. set you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he 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 probably tried to tell me then, but, you know. I was, the music was so loud, I couldn't hear him. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, I can't tell you what a delight it's been to have you walk I know, right? This This is awesome. And and, uh, Bo, we miss you, buddy. I hope that you listen back to this because we had a really good time. Mike did a great job, but we sure did did. miss you and we would have loved to had your input, man. I really wanted to hear about him. because he he He's went got the to Hillsong perspective. He went to Hillsong. Yeah. He went to college there. Mm-hmm. So the people that you're seeing in these videos were his roommate and people he sat and had dinner with. And then um, I guess they were kind of interns and, and they were trying to make a little money. So they put a band together and they would go down to these squares mm-hmm. and there would be a plug in the wall and they would just plug in their, their amps and they would just play music. And I really wanted to hear about that. Yeah. So we'll have to get him back over here Absolutely. another time. Yeah, we got to do a part two on this. Cause yeah, the, he can talk about Hillsong. Exactly. We'll do a part two on this. And we we just uh, thank you, Mike, for coming in. And we missed you, Bo. And we want to thank everybody that's been on Mixler. And I think Jay Calhoun commented that... Uh, uh, Let me see that Mac is on his own now. He's solo. Yeah, he he did separate. Okay. And uh, thank I know, you for that, Jay. Appreciate that. I know he he, he had done some stuff on his own, but I am looking forward to the new stuff he's coming out with. And it, it's an interesting challenge for me because um, Mac Brock is a brilliant writer, but he's a guitar player. Mm-hmm. So when he writes music as a guitar player on a piano, it's in a weird place. So I can hear the chord. I know he's hitting a B chord, but now I got to find out where he's hitting that B chord mm-hmm. to uh, to make it fit with the other chords he's doing. Very, very interesting writer, though, the way he writes. I, I just, I really like it. Wow. Somebody else commented, love when Mike is on. Yes, Mike and Bo need to do this together. All right, we're going to make that happen. Yeah. We will. We'll make that happen. We got another happen. comment that just popped up there, too. We're definitely going to schedule Bo to even the impossible is out now. Latest album, okay? Is that Mac Brock? Yeah. Even the impossible. Even the impossible. Good. We'll have to look for that. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate that. Thank you so much, ma'am. What a great show! I mean, we could sit here and talk music all night, but we just appreciate you hanging out with us, and thank you, Mike, once again, Bo. We miss you and loved you, buddy. Uh, We're gonna. Put it on the calendar and have you in here. We're going to do this again. So if you want to be a guest on God Stories Radio, drop us a line at GodStoriesRadioTina at gmail.com. We'd love to have you in the studio, but if you can't come, that's fine too. You can call in, you could write in, you could send us a God story any way you can get it to us. Yeah, maybe even Zoom. Zoom, slow mail, (laughs) however you want to send it. We love it. And we just want to be here and bring hope and encouragement to during this time of especially this time covid and virus to violence you know it's yeah. just crazy time Je- in our world so jesus is coming he yes is. he is amen that's right so so, so if, you th- soon, if, if you jesus. think you don't like christian music oh i don't like christian music Nah, i don't like christian music 
listen to some. You'll be yeah. surprised. Just yeah. turn on a Christian radio station or put on a Christian on, on your yep. iTunes. And just, I mean, there's bad music everywhere. So there sure. might be some songs that you don't like. But I'm telling you, you'll be surprised how good the uh, contemporary Christian music is right now. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll really appreciate it. I couldn't agree more. And Absolutely. I'll just tack on to that and just say, pay attention to your spirit too when you listen to the Christian music versus when you listen to secular music. Right. Because there is a difference in what happens oh, on absolutely. the inside. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. That's uh, and taking the journey evolution of Christian music dropped to you by, huh? <laughs> I was flowing right there. Okay, I'm sorry. And you were all sign language in me or something like that. The number, I think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's okay. Keep flowing. Was that? <laughs> she was making sure you were going to I think I'll nail just, it. I'll just let you close the show. How about that? <laughs> Go that's for it, That's okay. Babe. That's okay. No. Oh, I you wanted you ahead. to show me up kind of secretly. <laughs> I could never do that, babe. Oh. Well, we love you and we appreciate you. And that about wraps it up for session 247. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless.